go. Start. I think we're going to talk about it. Hey, welcome to Footnotes, a behind-the-scenes look at what we value and why it matters here at Foothill Church in Glendora, California. My name's Erica. I'm one of your co-hosts of this podcast, joined today again by Ethan. Hello, hello. And by a special guest, Brian Martinez. Say hi to everyone, Brian. Hey, everybody. How's it going? I don't know where to look. Hey, guys. We're just going to pan back and forth. For those of you listening, Brian just realized there's two cameras in this room. Yeah. He's really excited about it. Yeah, it's, it's confusing. But hello. Glad to be here. <laughs> well, Brian, <clears throat> we're excited to talk to you today about um, when people leave the faith. This is something that you deal with a lot um, as student minister here. Um, so we'll get into that a little bit more. But um, I think Ethan had some really hard pressing questions to get to before we actually dive in. Yeah. So, so I mean, we're talking about leaving the faith. Mm-hmm. Um I know. Talking to you, you're you're dealing with some things too, Brian. I am. Um, the struggling. Raiders have yet had yet again had another bad season. Oh um, Derek Carr is seemingly on his way out. Yep. You've like thrown out some concerning things to me of like, not from me as a Broncos fan, but <laughs> knowing you, like I don't know, man. I don't know if I don't know if I want to be a Raider fan anymore. Yeah. And so that's big to hear for for all of our listeners out there and for the maybe two listeners that have any interest at all in this, uh, <laughs> lifelong Raider fan. I've been a Raider fan since I was a, a young babe. And if you follow sports, you know that the Raiders are historically, well, for the past like 20 something years, they've been a terrible franchise. They used to be like the pinnacle of, of football manliness. They're so good. And then they just been a disaster. Like it's a joke how bad they are. And I've been faithful through this entire time, but the last season, especially they've done some stupid, truly boneheaded <laughs> foolish things I, I don't know it's for the first time i've really considered like yeah. is it time to be done mm-hmm. everyone is always like you should be done with the raiders should move on and i used to just like shrug off the haters until now i'm like maybe it might finally be time and yeah. I, I don't know we'll see how it goes mm-hmm. but it just hurts yeah. I was like, you know do i, I want my I kids have, to do this i have no opinion about foothill fo- football about, foothill? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> about fo- football oh my gosh she can't even say it that's how little football? Opinion she has i got no opinion <laughs> Um, but to hear Brian say that is really concerning and we should be praying for it. Yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah. Appreciate it. I mean, I get it because like Derek Carr is a really cool guy too. Uh, he's an admirable. He's a really good player. And so I do, I do feel and, and sympathize and empathize with you on that. <laughs> I've definitely have, you know, lost players like f- that I'm a fan of. Uh, so you'll get yeah. through this, man. Nice, man. And you're always welcome to Broncos country. Well, I will always deny that. Yeah, and I I thank you. But maybe it's just time <laughs> just to grow up principle. and to not be into this. Maybe <laughs> yeah. it's time for me to just, uh, I'm going to be 30 soon. Maybe I should just, I don't know, get long white socks and new balance shoes and get into grilling or books about boats. Maybe it's time <laughs> yeah. to move on from foothill. But football, it is hard. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's just so naturally yeah, yeah. for us to say foothill. Yeah. Yeah. And so speaking of moving on, how did you feel that Erica left you <laughs> and working alongside you to work alongside me in communications? Yeah, Erica ditched me and family ministries to work <sighs> with you in communications. And uh, Is you know, this actually, joke not old yet? Are we over this joke yet? Not. Okay. All right. Um, I don't know if we talked about this like on the podcast. I don't know if the people yeah. know. I don't know if, the, well, we've talked about it briefly on the podcast, but it's like everyday life <laughs> for me. I'll just say this. These are the couple thoughts that I have on on Erica abandoning the thing that she said she was passionate about. Uh, one, I was one of the first people that she told, and I encouraged her. I was like, Erica, I think this would be a great opportunity. Mm. I like think you should pursue it. I, told. Uh, I was the first person, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
because I thought that it was going to be a halftime thing and she would give up working with kids, yeah. but she would still work <laughs> with students and do communications. Uh, so but I still wrong. thought it would, it would be a great move. And then also, apparently, multiple people told Erica after she stopped working with students and went full-time into communications, came up to Erica and said things like, man, you seem a lot less stressed <laughs> than you used to. You seem happy. <laughs> yeah. What's changed? So I don't work with Brian anymore. So, uh, And then now the person who does work with me, I've also heard, like, you seem a little bit more stressed. What's going on? Uh, thanks, thanks for everything, Mark. We support you. Yeah, good job, Mark. Keep yeah. it up. Yeah. yeah, I would say the job has the stress has little to do with you not oh. not nothing to do with you <laughs> you're <laughs> an element you. yeah. um and more so to do with just the amount of stuff and chaos going on so yeah well those are a couple of little examples um big for you but really little examples of leaving something so um, <laughs> losing faith losing faith. Go, so yeah. seamless segue we take this seriously for Hill Church. yes we do um yeah it definitely doesn't compare to what we're actually going to talk about but let's let's dive in brian um so you know we're talking about when people leave the faith um something i think that's helpful to create a distinction on there right now is like we're not going to be talking about necessarily de- deconstructionism um i know some of you maybe maybe saw the title and thought like, oh, this is going to be maybe talking about deconstructionism. We hope to do a more thorough conversation Mm -hmm. on something like that. But I think, you know, our our goal, our aim for this conversation today is to, yeah, just talk about a little bit more big picture. Hey, when when you see people who have either left the faith or are leaving the faith, how do we engage with them? How do we encourage them? And even maybe look into a little bit more of how do we guard our own hearts and continue to grow um, to even just fight the element versus Mm -hmm kind of unpacking what that process of deconstructionism might look like in someone's life. So mm-hmm. anything else to more to kind of add on the differentiation between the two? Uh, not the differentiation for, for sure. Just mo- mostly like, yeah, we're looking at thinking of it as an, uh, an autopsy a little bit of like, why mm-hmm. do people tend to leave the faith? Mm-hmm. Like what's going on here? We're mm-hmm. yeah, deconstructing. They're, they're very linked. This is a part of it for mm-hmm. sure. Uh, but we think we can do justice to, to both those conversations by having them separately. So first just thinking through of like, why does this actually happen rather than the full process of it? Why do people tend to leave the faith? And yeah, this is something like you mentioned earlier. I've been working with students for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't see this just in students, we see this in adults mm-hmm. a, a lot, but definitely there, there's a lot uh, of connected tissue there. So yeah, I'm excited to, to talk about this. And I think it would be helpful, even if you feel like I don't know someone who's leaving the faith, this isn't something that I'm personally wrestling with. I think understanding, because this is, this is a biblical thing. I mean, we, you'll see this. We see this happen in the Bible. Understanding what is it that draws people away from the faith. Understanding that for your own life, your own edification. Also understanding mm-hmm. that for those that you may be spiritually responsible for. Good friends, family, people you're raising. It's something that we as Christians definitely need to be aware mm-hmm. of. And, uh, yeah, I'm thankful that we get the chance to talk about it. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, well, Brian, as our student minister, I know you get to kind of have these, a lot of these conversations. This is a big focus of yours. Um, you know, like stats show a lot of drop-off from high school to college. And so I know that's something you're constantly thinking about. What What is... What does it look like for you and your ministry is, is this is kind of a pain point, a big pain point mm-hmm. um, that you're trying to tackle? Yeah. So uh, if I can start kind of maybe on like a more personal note of, of yeah, why mm-hmm. with all this. So uh, like many of you, I grew up in the church. I grew up, uh, which is interesting. My, my mom actually wasn't a Christian until after I was the first mm-hmm. person in my household family to become a Christian. But my mom put me in uh, in a Christian school because she wanted to see her kids become 
uh, yeah, good Christians. And, and by God's grace, he, he totally saved and transformed my entire family. I, I've seen my family really love the Lord. I'm so thankful for what God has done. But I grew up in the church, grew up going to youth group. And for me, my youth group was the place, excuse me, that was the place where I really felt like, hey, this is, these are my people. This is my team. This is my spot. I was on sports teams. I had friends at school. But for me, youth group was really that, like, my third place, if you will. Mm-hmm. My, my place where I was like, this is where I feel uh, like I belong. And I had some of my closest friends there. The best man at my wedding was, was from my youth group. Mm-hmm. I'm actually getting together with a few of those guys uh, that I'm still friends with. I remember a point, and, and I've mentioned this a lot. I've mentioned this on the stage before. There was this point in the middle of high school. It was like sophomore or junior year. I think we were at a summer camp or something. And I remember looking around at our youth group of something, probably like something like 30, 30 kids or so. And middle of high school thinking like, man, this is – this is the youth group right here. These, these students, these guys, like they are on fire for Jesus. Mm. We threw that phrase around a lot. Like these are legit Christians. And I just remember being feeling really proud of my youth group. Mm. I had a lot of weird pride. I would uh, talk down to other people's <laughs> youth groups. and be like, our youth yeah. group's better. We actually preach the Bible. Yours is just fun. It's a very snotty kid. But I remember looking and thinking like, okay, these are the people. They're going to stay with the faith. They're going to grow. We've got future church planners and preachers and worship Come leaders on. in here. Yep. And I'm really excited to see what happens. And I remember that really well because not even a year later, just a few months later, our church had a really big church split. Mm. Uh, and that totally rocked a few people. Totally, like, it broke the youth group in half. So we're friends with some of those people, but, but things changed. Fast forward, now I've been out of high school uh, more than 10 years. Mm. And I look back, and a couple months ago I went back home and I was reminiscing with some friends. And we were thinking about this. From that group of 30-something kids, there's like five of us that are still Christian. Mm, There's like five of us that are still walking with the faith. There's some that I think might still kind of say they're Christian, but that's really not the case anymore. Mm. There's, there's only a handful of us. And what's interesting is that they've, a lot of those people, they've all walked away for different reasons. Um, we get more into this later, but we've had people who personal tragedy, we we had somewhere where their dad died. And so they just, they left the faith out of that. Mm-hmm. Some people who were dealing with some major sexual identity issues that they did not tell anyone about until mm-hmm. after. So yeah. they felt like they had to leave the church. Can be honest. Some people just felt like they outgrew it. There was a lot of hurt. There are some people just like, I just can't believe in this kind of stuff anymore. So for all these different reasons, this youth group that I thought was so strong just completely fell apart. Yeah. And that, that stayed with me a lot in youth ministry because you could think like, oh, that was the youth pastor's fault. That was the church's fault. And, and like maybe to mm-hmm. some degree, but as you mentioned earlier, Ethan, this is like, this is an epidemic hmm. where if you look at the stats, something like 90% of church going teens, by the mm-hmm. time they finish their second year of college, yeah. aren't going to church anymore. Mm-hmm. Wow. And they start to leave the faith. And, and we think when we think of young people leaving, sometimes we can think of this like, you know, this, this hardcore uh, liberalism that, that they take and they raise their hand, they raise their fist at God, they're angry. Sometimes it happens. A lot of times it just becomes this ambivalence. Like mm-hmm. I've, I've outgrown this. Yeah. People leave for all sorts of reasons. Uh, and really, like you can say this is happening in, in all of religion, and that's true. America's mm-hmm. getting less religious. But American evangelicals, <clears throat> there's, there's something sinister happening. I, I mm-hmm. think there's something mm-hmm. really concerning. for mm-hmm. if, you, if you're a parent, if you know young people, that this is something we should be aware of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Orthodox Jews, they have something like a 90% retention rate. So like 90% of their young people retain their faith into wow. adulthood. Jehovah's Witnesses are like 84%. Mm. American evangelicals are like 34%. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's really bleak to see this. So on a personal side, I've seen this. You've probably seen this. I don't know you guys have yeah. been yep. friends, even just in college. I mean, as you're just even talking like about your youth group, my mind was going through 
lots of faces. I'm yeah. like, man, like mm-hmm. they really dropped off. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what they're up to now. Uh, last I saw wasn't looking good. Mm-hmm. It's it's sad. It sucks. Yeah. And so listeners, I'm sure they can all think of people growing yeah. up that like, this is not the case. And then, mm-hmm. yeah, then I think of students and every time I'm on the stage, uh, I've said this to them before. I always think like, man, the stats show me that maybe 10 of you out of this room of mm-hmm. almost a hundred kids or 70 kids or whatever are still going to walk with the yeah. Lord 10 years, 15 years from now. Embrace my heart. That's what I, I don't want to see. Mm-hmm. That. We want as much as we can. It's the Lord who saves, but we definitely want to fight against yeah. that. So yeah. that's why, I mean, this is, it's a real danger. And uh, obviously from the students minister, like, yes, this is a student's thing, but adults, we definitely know this is, yeah. this is also true. I think especially as it becomes more mainstream to walk away from some of these things, we, we see this happening more and more in 20s and 30s and people's 40s to to walk away from the faith. Maybe mm-hmm. not always in dramatic ways, but we've definitely seen this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, Brian, you're even saying like from your own experiences, from your own friends at youth group, there was a lot of reasons why people decided that faith wasn't for them and Christian faith wasn't for them. Can you expand a little bit more about that? And what are really the reasons that we're seeing of people saying, yeah, this isn't mm-hmm. for me? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, there's so many different reasons that people can give so mm-hmm. many different uh, different reasons everything from like you know uh, I don't agree with this politically anymore uh, or I had this personal experience that showed me something I, I couldn't agree with this particular um, doctrine statement or something really and, and not to paint with a super broad brush but I think that we can mostly break this into three categories mm-hmm. of reasons why people leave and even with that I think it all kind of floods into one category in the end, and, and we'll, we'll talk about that. So the, the three things that, that I see often for why people, young people, older people, uh, e- even seniors, I mean, we see this mm-hmm. a lot too, mm-hmm. why people leave the faith. The, the three categories are usually they break into something like this. So we would call it the uh, doctrinal or logic, or we could say it's an apologetic reason. So it's some kind of like, you know, I couldn't reconcile uh, how a God could be good and loving, mm-hmm. but there's still the problem yeah. of sin. Or yeah. I don't understand why uh, Jesus would be the only way. Or I, I don't see that the, the Bible can really be the inerrant word of mm-hmm. God. I don't see, like, the Bible is definitely written by man, or like mm-hmm. all the, uh, the the doctrines were changed over time. So mm-hmm. it's some kind of apologetic, some kind of logical, some kind of doctrinal reason uh, where, like, I, it doesn't fit. I can't make sense of this. Mm-hmm. Second category usually comes to su- hurt in some way yeah. I've been and usually it's hurt by the church and you, you hear this all the time when people talk about deconstruction I'm not um, waffing over this it is a major deal like the, the church has hurt so many people for sure we know this is true like there's there's been devastating things that have happened at the hands of, of, of pastors of church leaders of volunteers mm-hmm. and it really has hurt people a lot and so like I mentioned that church split that was a major thing yeah. for a mm-hmm. lot of people who left the church we, we there, People felt like they were betrayed. And then I would agree with uh, some of them where there was like major things. And so for some people, when you get hurt by someone who is in this uh, spiritual authority, the spiritual leadership position, it really messes people up. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're familiar with uh, with some of the, the more famous ones recently, like Mars Hill, it's a great case mm-hmm. study in seeing yeah. how people completely go about face. Like they've really believed in something so strong, but because this leader they were following hurt yeah. them, they, they completely leave it all behind. And we can talk more about that. And then the third one, and we'll, we'll dive really deep into this, is just we call it a lot of things, um, 
but maybe the the best one call it is complacency mm. or just lack of perseverance. And, right. and I know that sounds harsh as we may say here, but but we'll we'll explain those. So you guys want to just kind of like dive into to each of those three yeah. of those and, and, and yeah, talk yeah. Yeah. what that is. Yeah. So. so the first one, yeah, you said more doctrinal. They see it as illogical, right? Yeah. Yeah. Expand on that. Yeah. So. Um, I mean, you, you guys could probably think of things. I know our listeners could definitely, mm-hmm. I, I could think of so many different things right. that have become uh, like a stumbling block. And, and in the sense, I mean, something that has caused me to really sit down and wonder like, hey, is, is this right? Is this real? Um, like I said, in, in youth group is one of the first time I really understood the gospel to be something more than just, you know, be a good person. Mm-hmm. And that was when I was like, yeah, I want to follow Jesus. And, and I've grown in that junior high, high school. And then as I got older, I started just thinking more critically about my faith. Mm-hmm. came with all sorts of different questions. And I'll still have moments where they, some questions will come up. I'm not sure how to handle that. And we see that this happens all the time. Listeners have probably had this. And you guys have probably had some of these things. Some of those questions even that I've asked, like, like I said, that the problem of evil, how yeah. do we know? that the Bible is actually God's word? How do we know that the, the crucifixion was a real thing? Paul himself says that if the crucifixion, the resurrection didn't really happen, then there's nothing we have to stand on. There's no reason for us to be Christians. And a lot of people will start asking those questions. They feel like they don't get good mm-hmm. answers. And so they just leave the faith. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so, so an yeah. issue with this, again, coming from the, the youth point of view here, since this is what I work in, students have questions yep. all the time. And so the answer is not to um, it's not to bypass these hard yeah. questions. One of the reasons why students leave their faith in droves in college is because we get 17-year-old Johnny who his whole life all he's had is, you know, Jesus loves you, mm-hmm. don't touch your girlfriend, Jesus loves yeah. you, just like these kind of moralisms, this cotton candy faith. So they get to philosophy, they get to biology 101, and they, they start hearing things. Yeah. It's like, how on earth? I don't have, yeah. like, my professor with a PhD is telling me all these scientific facts. I don't know how to deal with this. My philosophy professor, like all these, like we think it's just being alone and being in the sinful world. And that's definitely part of it. We'll get to that. Mm -hmm. But if we don't have a a good foundation Mm -hmm. to stand on with our faith, then we're going to crumble. And so we always tell our students, we want you to know what you believe, why you believe it. It's not that we want them to close their ears and run away. We want them to think Mm -hmm. critically about their faith. We want, there's hard questions out there. And there's some, some questions we won't have the answer to. Uh, this side of heaven, we believe. But the questions that are necessary to answer, to know who God is, I believe that there's good qu- good answers to those mm. questions. And mm-hmm. so it's good for us to wrestle with that. Yeah. Uh, so I would never shy, have somebody shy away from those questions that they're asking. Instead, I would be like, if you really have these deep questions about your faith, mm-hmm. then let's actually pursue them. And I would challenge, because some people, what we do then, here's, here's the problem, is we use those those doubts that we have mm-hmm. as an excuse to not Absolutely. look further. Yeah. And so, like Absolutely. I said, we'll, we'll get to this in a minute, but really what, what tends to happen, and a big reason why people leave the faith is not actually some of these reasons like like the logic stuff. It's uh, There's something a little bit deeper there. But they'll say, I can't understand, um, yeah, the problem of evil. I can't understand why God would, I can't understand a God who could be eternal, or I, I don't see how the Bible could be real, any of these things. And we'll say that, but instead of actually looking in and mm-hmm. trying to understand that, they just kind of use that as their excuse yeah. going forward. Yeah, they're not challenging themselves, right? Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. And so, like I said, like, hey, we should look into this. We should not be just blind believe. Faith, as as the biblical writers put it, it's not this blind, um, dumb, no logic, no evidence. That, that's not what faith is, as mm-hmm. the biblical writers put it. Faith is understanding 
who you're putting your faith in. So Paul was, he, he was a logician. He was someone who thought through things. He saw the evidence. And so because of that, he put all of his faith in there moving forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what about church hurt? Yeah, this is huge. And yep. again, so hear me, I, I'm not, I'm not downgrading this at all. I think probably every, like m- most people, if you've been going to church long enough, uh, I would say you've experienced this to some degree. Mm-hmm. I, I think all of us in this room have experienced that. Like we've been hurt. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I yep. think about the, the things that I've been, I've had some of the most heard about, some of the most like emotional pain about, and uh, I'm pretty sure it's all come from Christians. I think that may be like you know, <laughs> right. one yeah. time when when Chaz in the third grade bullied me because Chaz. I broke my arm. Yeah, I don't think he was a Christian. Is that, is that really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so oh. funny. Yeah, Chaz, Not if you're away. listening, Brian forgives you. Do you? Oh, dang. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would also, hope so. Chaz, that's so funny. Yeah, that's a great name. My mom it's dressed me really <laughs> weird in, in elementary school. She made me go to school once with like a gold chain and uh, he, he grabbed me, he broke my chain and then uh, I broke my arm later and then when he came and he was like gonna, gonna hit me, I I blocked it and I gave him a bloody mouth because I had a hard cast. Whoa. Yeah. But all the but they all got mad at me. They're like, I know. So hey, we're cool now, Chaz. Uh, <laughs> hey, Chaz, we'd love to have you on the show. <laughs> yeah, let's rehash it. Yeah. Uh, anyways, yes, but yeah, thanks. we've all we've all faced uh, pain. Like I said, I, I've definitely I, I felt hurt by mm. people at the church. I think about the, the church that I grew up in, and um, there's some real uh, shady things that happened that mm-hmm. it still makes me really sad to mm-hmm. think about. I think about all the people that it just kind of tore down, yeah. and um, so I understand why yeah. someone would leave something. None mm-hmm. of us like to feel pain. None of us like to feel rejection. That's just it's human about us. We don't like to feel these things. Mm-hmm. And so we want to avoid stuff naturally that that brings discomfort, yeah. that brings pain. Yeah, and I think it's yeah, it's really easy because to to have this be a, a stumbling block for someone because it's people that are claiming to also be Christian and you yeah. know, they sure they probably are so are, but they're also imperfect mm-hmm. sinners and everything. And yeah. so it's like, why, why would you want to be a part of that team, mm-hmm. you know, if they're going to do this to you? And so it's, what, what does that look like? Like, why, why should we not, you know, let that um, kind of skew our perspective of, of the church as a whole? Yeah. Well, simply put, the church is full of, of failures, right? We, we know this is true. And, and here's the thing that I would try to remind our students. I would try to remind anyone who who's faced real church hurt, who's been uh, abused by people. And I will even say that, like real abuse has happened, like even even to criminal levels. And so it can sound harsh to say, well, you just continue with that despite that. Here's here's what I would say, and I think here's what, what Scripture says. Sin is sin regardless of who commits it. Mm-hmm. If the lead pastor uh, commits a sin and commits an abuse, and, and unfortunately we know that this, is, this can be rampant, this has happened, mm-hmm. that's still sin, and that person has failed. Mm-hmm. And depending on that, there's, there's definitely sins that have disqualified and should disqualify people from leadership, from ministry, and they should not be allowed to move forward in that anymore. And so we know that the Lord is the Lord of, of justice. Mm. Here's the other thing I would say. People will sin, and just because someone sins, just because someone in power, in ministry power, has sinned and hurt you, that does not mean that the entire faith is wrong because they are not our ultimate Savior. They are not the person that we're looking to to bring us healing, to bring us redemption. They're not the person that we, they shouldn't be the person that we put our hope in. And so I think about, just because it's the most famous example recently of of Mars Hill, Mm -hmm. when you have a charismatic leader like that, when you have a charismatic leadership and a culture, what happens is we put all of our faith in that thing. And so when that thing crumbles, everything falls apart. 
Whereas, yeah, we should be, we'll definitely be influenced by leaders and influenced by, mm-hmm. by people in, in the church. But my ultimate faith is in, it's, it's in Jesus. Yeah. yeah, He will not let me down. He will not sin. Mm-hmm. He will not be what he has not promised to be. My faith is in mm. the Lord himself. And so Foothill Church falls apart. If we find, like by God's grace, like, Right, we have a very healthy leadership. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying this because I'm on staff. Like from all the churches yep. I've seen, it's it's very healthy. I'm very very thankful. Mm-hmm. But God forbid something were to happen, where something bad happens in the leadership in the foothill, some kind of moral failure, something. It would be really hard. It would be. I would have to get help with that. It would. It would yep. make me very sad. I probably take counseling. It would be really hard. Mm-hmm. But I, I wouldn't leave the faith because my faith is not ultimately in right. who runs yeah. Foothill mm-hmm. Church. Yeah. They're not. They're not my saviors. They're just. They're, they're servants in this. And so. Um, we just have to remind ourselves who are we looking to yeah. to, to, to be yeah. our savior who are we looking to to have our ultimate faith in and so not that it mm-hmm. doesn't hurt and if that's happened to you you're probably going to need some help for it and so I'll just I would encourage you like don't do this alone this is why we have mm-hmm. things like biblical counseling this is why we have things like the foundations class or other mm-hmm. growth groups like the answer is not to isolate ourselves in yeah. pain mm-hmm. we know mm-hmm. this in, in a lot of ways right the answer is not to isolate yourself the answer is to confront that pain it's obviously it's gonna have to lead to forgiveness but why would we leave the lover of our soul uh mm. when some other person yep. is the one who's hurt us yeah uh third one of of these categories uh it kind of seems like a sneaky one that i think a lot of people might not always be aware of yeah C- complacency complacency yeah so i would there's there's two ways uh t- to look at this here and so when we say complacency here, here's something that um in my youth group, we, I feel like uh, one of my youth pastors, he just he just spoke in cliches all the time. We could, uh, it's like we always knew what he was going to say because he just said the same like 12 <laughs> sayings over and over. Um, but I'm really thankful for it because I remember some of these things. One of the things that he always said was, uh, your faith is like a treadmill. If you're not walking forward, you're going backwards. Mm. It's a little silly, but this is what he means. Uh, if you grew up in kind of like that 2000s, early 90s evangelicalism, you heard the term backsliding all the time, mm-hmm. uh, probably. And yep. and again, this is what we're talking about here. Nobody drifts into holiness. Mm-hmm. Nobody accidentally loves Jesus more. And, and, and here, here's what I mean. Maybe you didn't mean to become a Christian and he captured you. That's not what I'm talking about here. I'm saying nobody drifts into discipline. So right now we're talking about the spiritual disciplines. I think Chris yeah. has even said this a few times from the stage. We know this in any discipline. If you want to become a better athlete, if you want to become a better guitar player, if you mm-hmm. want to become a better lawyer, doctor, better your whatever that is, yeah. you have to actively work towards that. You're actively making decisions. And maybe sometimes it doesn't feel like work because you love it so much, mm-hmm. but you are actively moving towards it. Yeah. Nobody just kind of accidentally drifts into becoming skilled. <laughs> they make decisions that lead into this. Same thing with, with our walk with the Lord. It's hard to live the Christian life. Paul says this all the time, like it's, it's an unnatural thing. Like if then we were raised with Christ, we see Christ in the things above, like over an old creation, the, our old self has passed away. You mm-hmm. put off the old self. Mm-hmm. It's all this language of like you turn away from yeah. your old life. And so what that means is that we have we, to actively pursue yeah. him. And we can't like just, when I say complacency, I think this is true, not just of students. I think this is often true of adults who've been in the faith for a long time. I actually think of, I think of empty nesters a lot. Mm. I think of people who don't have, I think there's a lot of people who they were really faithful. They put a lot into the, into the church. They put a lot into discipling their family. And then when their kids leave, they kind of, these people who never missed a Sunday, who are always very involved for some reason, they just kind of stopped going to church. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you see this trend a lot. And like, why is that? Well, 
when you're not in charge of bringing someone in anymore, mm. sometimes that yeah. they can just kind of drift and you realize mm-hmm. your whole life was kind of about shepherding these people rather than just guarding your own heart, yeah. shepherding your own heart. And so, again, when we talk about complacency, mm. I, I don't want to say this in, uh, in, in a haphazard way. All I'm saying is, the Christian, you know your heart. Your heart is prone to wander. Mm. Your heart is prone to, to leave the God you love. My heart is prone to leave the God I love. And that's why yeah. these disciplines, that's why community and accountability is so important because naturally I'm going to drift away mm-hmm. from my faith. Naturally I'm going to drift away from disciplines like reading my Bible, being in prayer. Naturally I'm going to drift towards worldly love. And then here's the other thing. So I, I mentioned this earlier how uh, apologetic issues about how church or hurt issues they definitely can be the reason why someone walks away, but I think often they're the excuse for something else. I mm-hmm. think really they're the excuse for we just start to love the world more than we yeah. love the Lord. Yeah. And this is true of, of all of us. There's something in us where we're just we're prone to love the things of the world. And so what will happen there, and this happens a lot to students who are by themselves in college because they're stripped of accountability, they're stripped of support and community, and they're just surrounded by temptation, they're surrounded by the world. This can happen to any adult in the workplace, it can happen to anyone, no matter where you are. But we become lured in by this, this allure of the mm. world. And so we start to look for excuses. Like, well, I really want to kind of live this way. I really want to be in the mainstream. Nobody likes to have resistance, mm-hmm. right? And so if you're living the Christian life, you're going the opposite direction mm-hmm. from the world. That's uncomfortable. We don't want to do that. And so we start to look for excuses. We start to, uh, and I, not, not all the time, but sometimes that, that's how that happens. And that's one of the big reasons why people leave the faith because it's just, it's become too hard for yeah. too long or they stop seeing the loveliness of it. It becomes a chore mm-hmm. to follow Jesus because they don't see the delight in it anymore. They have stopped delighting in the Lord. Yeah. And everything that looks good to them is the thing, it's, it's just the things of the world. And it does look good for a season, mm. but it fades. And so when I look back at most of the people who had left, um, there was some kind of catalyst. Like I said, there were people who like, they felt like they were struggling with some sexual identity stuff the whole time. But rather than confront it, rather than ask for help in the church, they, they hit it until it became too much for them mm. uh, to ignore. Mm. And, uh, and it makes me sad because I also know like this could be true this could be true for me. This could be true for all of us. And mm-hmm. we could all end up fading yeah. away. Yeah. Well, yeah. I just, I think it's also just even as I'm thinking about, you know, students and friends um, of mine who have walked away from their faith. Um, you know, like you said, it's, it's just what are we desiring most? Um, and even good to mention that sometimes it is one that builds on top of the other. So maybe they've been hurt by the church, but they continue to pers- persist and, um, you know, pursue the Lord. But um, then something comes up where there is this allure of the world of like, you know what, this in culture doesn't actually match up with the, what's in the Bible. Mm. Um, and so there is this kind of these doubts t- start to creep in. And um, if there is not that continuing, like you're saying, if there isn't that walking forward on the treadmill, um, you're gonna, you know, fall into complacency. Um, and so the thing that I am just seeing over and over again as I, I mean, truly have weeped over mm. students and friends who have walked away from their faith is there's just, there was never, it seemed like there was never that foundation of faith um, to begin with. And so maybe Brian, you can even speak to that of, you know, it can be easy to then as, you know, a mentor or as a friend, someone who has been in that place of accountability toward that other person can feel like you're a failure mm. um, for, their own, you know, faith walk or salvation or whatever it is. Can you speak a little bit to that of, 
how can we as someone who has felt so responsible for that person um, can you talk to the feeling of failure that we can feel um, in those relationships yeah um, well, well frankly maybe maybe you've had a friend maybe you've had a student maybe you've had a, a child who's walked away from the faith mm-hmm. and you wonder like is this my fault and, and here's what I would say, and, and I think going back to scripture, here's, here's what we see, is that it's possible that you have failed in, in, in this sense. Every single one of us has sinned. Every mm-hmm. single one of us has made mistakes, sometimes giant mistakes, where maybe, maybe you were a parent, maybe you're a youth pastor, maybe you were just a friend, and, mm-hmm. and you had someone come to you with struggles, and you didn't handle it well. Maybe instead of, of lovingly pointing them back to Jesus, you just you got angry at them. Maybe you shut them down. Maybe you didn't actually lead them back mm-hmm. to the truth. Maybe you made them feel bad. Or maybe you just didn't do a good job of discipling them to begin with. Mm-hmm. Maybe, uh, and, and these are probably the thoughts that all kind of swirl around in your head at night and you kind of think through this stuff. Again, here's, here's what I would say, and here's what we see in Scripture. You have failed. We have all mm-hmm. failed. Mm-hmm. But there's a difference between these small fa- failures and, and ultimate failure. Ultimate failure uh, on the Christian's part, it's just it, it's disobedience. Mm-hmm. It's disobedience we, to do what he's called us to do. Yeah. And so parents, friends, leaders, you have failed, you will fail. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, we're not the ones in charge of salvation. Yeah, we, are, we, we water the plants, but we cannot make the plants grow. And so when you look back and be honest with those failures, we repent from those failures. Mm-hmm. We repent from those sins. Mm-hmm. And maybe this means you have to go and you have to repent to that person, even mm-hmm. if they're not a Christian anymore. But that might be a good thing to just go and be like, hey, I'm sorry I let you down. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry for that. Will you, will you please forgive me? And it starts there. But then I would say we continue to pray for this person and we remember that ultimately who's in charge of their salvation is it's the Lord. Mm-hmm. We told parents this before. There's, there's three levels when it comes to discipling your kid. There's the, uh, three levels of responsibility. There's the parent's responsibility for their child, like my, for my kids. I'm responsible to teach them, to disciple them. Um, but that next level of responsibility is when my kids get older, it's their own responsibility to, like, mm-hmm. to continue the faith. And, and ultimately, it falls to the Lord. And so when we think of people who have left the faith, it's not just because, you know, your own failure. You're not the sole reason that someone has left the faith. Mm-hmm. Again, there's maybe things that you've done that you need to repent from. But we're not in charge ultimately of their salvation because we've seen also like there's Jesus had his disciples and Judas left the faith. Mm -hmm. Jesus was the perfect discipler. God was our father. He was the father to Cain and Abel, right? Father to Adam and Eve. Yet they sinned. They left. God is a perfect father. Mm -hmm. And so the ultimate failure does not fall on us. Although, again, we may need to repent of those failures Mm -hmm. and we may need to learn from them. Ultimate failure is is not on us. We're not responsible for for someone else's salvation. However, that shouldn't abdicate us from responsibility to to love them, to pursue them, to grow them, to to chase them, to lead them back to the gospel. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah, there's a lot here, and I'm sure we could even continue to go more and more on, on reasons why. Uh, Brian, just to kind of help us wrap up, what are some good just takeaways, reminders, even for us as we engage with people that have maybe either left, that we're like, God's put on our heart to to reach out to, or even people that we kind of are, we know are struggling with this. Um, so how would you kind of encourage and equip the listeners? So the first thing I would say is I would say start with yourself. Mm-hmm. Don't think that you are um, immune from this. Paul talks about this, uh, I believe in the end of, of 1 Timothy, he's talking to Timothy, and he just he tells him, like, there's, there's people that have walked with me, and uh, 
for the love of the world, they, they left the faith. And he says this weird phrase, I, I've had to turn them over to Satan. Like, mm-hmm. they just, I, I let them go and pursue uh, their worldly desires, and I hope that they, they fall out and they come back to the Lord. Yeah. But there's people who had left who were, were so strong in their faith. And so the first thing I would say is I'd point directly to you I'd, and have you ask yourself, what is it in me that will lead to leaving Jesus? Mm. For those of us who, who are faithfully coming to church, faithfully saying, like, I want to pursue him, we cannot think that, that we're above this. We, a couple of weeks ago, we took our sins to winter camp. And I just told them a lot of these things that I'm talking about now, how statistically mm. 80% of them, whatever, they're, they're not going to still be walking with Jesus. And that makes me sad. I want, so I asked them the question. So listeners, I would have you ask yourself this question. If I could tell you, 10 years from now, like if I was from the future, I could tell you straight up that I knew you were not a Christian anymore. 10 years from now, even if you're in your 50s and you've been walking your whole life, I told you this, what do you think would be the reason that you walked away from your faith? Hmm. What do you think would be the reason? And I'm not saying, you know, maybe for some that's like, oh, they radically left the faith. Maybe for some they're just like, they're just actively not pursuing Jesus anymore, but they still have that title of Christian. What would be that thing? And you have to be honest with yourself and realize, okay, my heart is prone to wander. What are these things? And how do I discipline myself against these pursuits? For me, and I'll I'll just be open and honest, it's always this feeling of like, um, of comparison. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, I need to like, I need to earn as much money as as the people next to me. I need to have the same status. I need to like, and so it's it's these worldly pursuits, these worldly concerns. Like for me, 10 years from now, if I knew I wasn't a Christian, it would be because I was pursuing yeah, honestly, the, the loveliness of the world. Mm-hmm. I left my first love. I left Jesus to pursue feeling like I had made it here on earth. Those would be the things that those are the, the things that I see my, that I see drawing myself away from my savior. And so what I need to do is I need to, to build walls against that and not just walls of like, hey, I'm not going to go, I'm going to white knuckle it away from these sins. Rather like Psalm uh, 34, four set 37, four says, um, delight in the Lord who will give you the desires of your heart. I need to really pursue the delight mm. of, of my Savior. Pursue him. Date my, uh, well, you can get that. I need to really pursue him uh, rather than just running away from mm. the pursuits of the world. And then how do we help others? If you are someone who is, who is a mentor as a parent or you know just uh, an older friend, whatever it is, walk openly, walk honestly with mm. the people that you're, uh, like we would say, to some degree, responsible for it. Walk openly, walk honestly with them. Ask them questions on where they are. Like, hey, I'm sure you have doubts. I'm sure you have questions. Mm. I'm sure there's things that you feel drawing you. Because like I said, it's, it's hard to live this Christian life. Well, that's why we're not meant to do it alone. Mm-hmm. And so we just walk through, ask these honest questions. Parents, give your students, uh, give your kids open opportunities over and over again to have open and honest discussions with you about your past, about uh, how you struggled, about why you still hold faithfully to Jesus and why they should also. And again, we cannot do this alone. This is why the church is so important. This is why accountability is so important. The, um, the flame that is removed from the fire often burns out fast. Mm-hmm. But the flame that stays in the fireplace with the rest of the logs, like that, that's the flame that burns all oh, yeah, the time. So, yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, thanks so much, man, for mm-hmm. honestly just what you do with student ministry yeah. as well. Um, and just uh, thank you. Yeah, thanks for coming on and unpacking this with us and sharing. Uh, Foothill Church, Brian even mentioned the spiritual disciplines that we're going through, practicing the Christian life. Check that out online at Foothill.Church. Um, watch those sermons, engage with the resources monthly. Um, but until then, we'll see you in a couple weeks on the next episode 
Brian, first of all, how much do you regret making Ethan the boogeyman for your children? <laughs> I only regret it in that, in those slight inconveniences and... Like yesterday for yeah, your wife? <laughs> yeah, and I feel bad for Ethan because he's yeah. a sweet friend. Oh, yesterday she would not go into childcare for women's prayer because Ethan was in there. Mm-hmm. Was, was like... She, like I was watching kids. And the so... most upset I've ever seen her. Because Ethan was in there. So I feel bad for Ethan because he's my sweet mm-hmm. friend and he doesn't deserve to be hated like that. <laughs> I still think it's really funny. <laughs> <laughs>